come into this cave and this is what you see. And they drop that model on the board. I think I just dropped my dice and walked the fuck away. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the 307 RPG podcast. I'm Patrick. I'm Nolan. Nolan, it was good to see you yesterday. Yeah, it's been a while and it was nice to do some disc golf. Every time we try and go, it, it ends up snowing, and uh, yesterday was nice. So it really was, and and you know, I know we talk about this quite a bit on the show that you know you and I work together at the dealership, and and I think I don't know that people understand that you and I were friends before we started working together. I came to work at the dealership with you. I worked there for three mm-hmm. years, got used to seeing you just about every day. Sometimes it was every day, and we were always talking, always communicating. And, and you have to understand, folks, that Noel and I are the kind of friends that. We can be in the same building together, but not be like right next to each other, talking, gabbing at each other all day long. We both have our jobs to do. We both have our lives. We stay busy. However, we were still close enough that if we did need to tell each other something, we could. I think this last two weeks is probably the least amount of time I've talked to you in the last six years. Yeah, probably correct. And it's it's been weird. I've been very busy at work. I know you're busy at work. And like, I just... It's been nuts, and it was really good to see you and your family yesterday. (laughs) Yeah, you take for granted how often you run into people, and also just the, I don't know, coming off the tail end of COVID, finally having both shots and vaccinated, ready to have some normality. I'm ready for a game night or two. Yeah, absolutely. How how I know you and your wife have both both gotten the second vaccine now. How are you guys doing? Good. Uh, so far anyway, no issues. So good. Good. The microchip took. Okay. Yep. Plugged in and ready. Uh, awesome. So now you can just jack right into your laptop. You're good. It's all cyberpunk. Yep. Perfect. Yep. Perfect. We're ready. <laughs> good. So, you know, like I said, uh, there's a lot going on for me right now. Um, it obviously keeps my mind busy. Uh, I seem like every time I turn around, I get pulled in one way or, or another. So I have not had a chance to check out the new season of Diablo. What can you tell me? Uh, it's actually pretty fun. Uh, the new follower system adds a nice area of gearing out uh, some extra things and then like extra abilities now that normally you had to wear can now go on your follower for solo stuff. So like uh, Nemesis Bracers, you can put on your follower and it uh, emanates out uh, the flavor of time, which was the double duration pylons or whatever it was, uh, can go on them. And then there's a couple of set bonuses that go on them as well. I know there's a, like my guy has a Sage set, which increases the, I think it has a like a 50% chance to double the amount of death's breaths that drop. Um, so there's just a, a few of those little things. So you kind of get this little super guy or gal you get to gear out and actually instead of having extra like slots in the, uh, in the cube, you kind of have them on them. So it really pushes up the solo play. Very cool. Um, I'm kind of excited and I, I hadn't shared this with you because this just happened yesterday. Uh, so yesterday for the first time in my life, you know, I, I think I told you a while back that my son now has a better computer than I do. He bought a gaming laptop and it just, well, frankly, beats the shit out of mine, right? Nice. Yeah. Yesterday, I got a better computer than him. <laughs> oh, very cool. Yeah. Um, our friend John uh, had a gaming laptop that he, frankly, was never using. Uh, it is a Razer Blade 15. And he's like, you know what, man, I'm never using it. Uh we agreed on a price. I went over and, you know, paid him some money yesterday. He's like, just take it. 
So I was setting it up last night while I was working on show notes. Um, and I'm excited. I, I think I'm going to throw Diablo on it. And that way I can play upstairs instead of sitting down in the office when the dog's freaking out. Um, it's a pretty slick system. So very cool. Yeah, that'll it's it's so much nicer. Yeah, you know, a, a decent system to play games for sure. Yeah, and I mean, and my desktop's good. Don't get me wrong; it works wonderfully with uh, Diablo and even World of Warcraft. Um, in fact, I can play most games without a problem on it. But this laptop is just that much better. So I was actually going to ask you, aside from like the normal Blizzard games that we play, what would be a good game to play on a on a good gaming laptop? Uh, I, you know, a lot of that stuff I think just depends on what you're into. Um, most of my stuff I cycle around to MMOs because I like the story not ending, but it would also be a good time to, you know, check out some of the ones that you've dodged, you know, in the past. I think Witcher, like the complete edition is like 10 bucks now, you know, and it's uh, Witcher 3 is kind of heralded as like the greatest RPG of all time. So there's some nice solo stuff out there and it'll, it should push a system. I mean, it's really a, a pody game. So. Well, cool. I will log into, I'm assuming that's on Steam, right? Yeah. I'll have to check that out. Yeah, I think, like I said, I think they, uh, I had it on PlayStation 4 and never get to play the PlayStation 4 because whenever I turn it on, everybody's around as far as children go. So I was cycling through and it was down for like nine bucks, 10 bucks the other weekend. Wow. So I was like, well, I haven't actually loaded it on the PC other than to look at the graphics. But yeah, so there you go. That depends on what you're in the mood for, but that's cheap right now. Uh, I will take a look at that. I'm, I'm, like I said, I'm really excited. I was really thrilled that John and I were able to come up to a, a, a an agreement on a price that that I felt was very reasonable that he felt was reasonable. I mean, you and I are both in, well, we're both in sales. So we know how that goes. And I was really thrilled that he's like, Yeah, go ahead and take it. I trust you. It's fine. So I'm like I said, getting it all set up and and really excited to be playing on it. And it also helped because I mean, you know, this, um, I'm also back in school, which seems to be something I can never get myself away from. And it has been very frustrating for me because I do my best work first thing in the morning. So like, I'll get up in the morning, get ready for work and then sit upstairs for 20, 30 minutes before I leave for work. And usually I'm doing stuff like before I'd be working on class stuff. Well, I can't do that right now because if I sit in my office and work on it, the dog throws a fit, he wakes up the entire house for some reason. And I don't know what it is. And I think it's just years of Aiden because this used to be my youngest son room he would always close his door and never let any of the animals in here well i think the dog is so used to not being allowed in this room that no matter how much i beg him to come in here with me he will not come in this room makes sense yeah so i i'm tired of listening to him throw a fit so it's going to be nice to be able to sit upstairs during the week and work on class stuff and not have to worry about him throwing a fit. So that just means I can work faster through my shit. There you go. Yep. Yeah. Looks like uh, $9.99 for 25 more hours. So it looked like it was an Easter event. All right. Well, I better get that today then. Yeah, don't dilly-dally. Oh, shit. All right. Well, let's jump into the news because there is a few things to talk about. Now, and just so everybody knows, we don't necessarily have a topic of the night. It's like Both of us have been incredibly busy, so we have not been able to connect and, and decide on a topic for this week. But we, we missed last week, and that was very much so my fault because for some reason... I slept later than I've slept in years. And I woke up and I realized that I probably had, you know, 20 minutes, 20, 30 minutes to get everything ready for the show and was absolutely not ready. So I text Nolan in a frantic, like, hey, I have nothing. I can throw something together quickly. And he's like, just chill out. We'll do it next week. It's fine. So we still don't have a topic this week because we've been very busy, but we do have a lot of stuff to cover. So Hopefully you guys are okay with that, and we're going to jump right into Wizards of the Coast. Now, there's not a lot of news for Dungeons & Dragons. Not that I saw. Nolan, did you see anything that I missed? Uh, 
not for me. Uh, I did play the uh, Magic Legends, and that's about it. But I, you know, it's kind of in juncture with Wizards of the Coast, right? And I and I specifically set this topic for Wizards of the Coast because we are going to be talking about some Wizards stuff. Um, so go ahead and tell us about Magic Legends. What are your What are your thoughts on it so far? Uh, okay. So open beta out. Uh, played it for about. I don't know, a little under a week just from a standpoint of how much time is actually in the game. So I'm not necessarily an expert. Uh, has some very interesting features of the game uh, and a lot of really terrible aspects just from a standpoint of explaining what's happening. Um, the the paywall is pretty steep. I know that there's been a lot of complaints about it, so they are, are, are working on it. Um, it so uh, from a general standpoint it is an action rpg from like a diablo style game you pick your base class and that really just kind of uh, controls uh, basically how you attack and then each class has a utility and a secondary attack so i played a geomancer and geomancer starts off as a pure red wizard and so that's my starting deck uh what i thought was interesting with them was they made it as a melee class so my basic attack was uh, punching, and it was like a two-three hit combo. That's like a little cleave, and then it shoots up a little rock spike from the ground and does AOE damage. Whereas like the white, which I thought would be like a, I don't know why I always assume white's going to be like a one-one soldier. Uh, it was very much a probably the the most ranged class, almost like a priest, and then has a bunch of like heals and damage area effects that kind of combo and in, in, in the same thing. So it was a ranged class. But then my uh, in, in the game, my secondary is a leap. So kind of like, I think, a leap barbarian, uh, that type of thing. Uh, and when you land, you do damage. And then it's also its other ability, its secondary, is like a, a rock shard type thing. It reaches up from the ground, pulls up a bunch of uh, rocks from the ground, and just shoots it out in an AOE. And so that's the only thing that really changes between your classes is those three abilities. After that, it's whatever you build your deck with. And... I believe you got 12 cards and you have so many creature points. You have so many sorceries. Uh, there are enchantments in the game and you're uh, on my bar. One through four are those cards. So say I run into a fight and the cards are up and I have two summoning spells and uh, damage over time spell. So I cast the two summoning spells. It eats the mana that I'm using. Uh, those two cards disappear and randomly out of my 12 cards in the deck, two new abilities pop up. Uh, so, so I, I want to interrupt you real quick. You keep seeing yep. cards. Are these like traditional magic cards? Like, would you cast like lightning bolt? Um, I have not seen lightning bolt. I did see shock. Uh, there okay. is like the generic, like one of my summoning spells was the goblins. Uh, so I summon up three, one, one goblins that run into a fight and they don't have a ton of hit points. They just do a bunch, you know, little damage and they're just kind of like fodder. And so that was kind of an interesting thing. That's what I thought was the most fun in the game is not knowing what ability I was going to have to hit in a fight. Getting criticals and stuff like that, like on the fire mage, uh, some of the things were like, oh, it does 10 damage. If the thing is burning from a fire damage you've already cast, it takes 20 damage or it's a critical hit. So you kind of got to set those up, but sometimes you wouldn't see those in a line. So I would save my ones that would like, I would have an ability that does extra damage with crit and not cast that spell until i got around to having an actual burn spell whether it's like molten armor or so sometimes i would cast you know i'd have three summoning spells i'd cast my three summoning spells and the next three cards i'd draw would be three summoning spells 
and I don't have really anything to cast because as soon as you cast the one, you know, it, it worked like a legendary creature. Uh, you, you cast it, you know, the angel comes down. Well, the next angel comes down, the old one goes away. So there were some times where just the RNG, like magic, drawing the card, put you in a hairy situation where you had to kind of get creative with the fight. Um, but that made the combat fun. Like that was my favorite part of not knowing what ability was going to come up, whether I could use it, whether it was going to be a wasted spell, whether I'd have to sit on it and try and get creative working through auto attacks and that kind of stuff. Um, the So as you play the game, all the cards are random dropped, which is kind of frustrating uh, just from a standpoint of, I know that there are people that, you know, get lucky on cracking their first pack and pull the mythic green warden, you know, and they've got an Uber tank through the whole game that'll carry him. Uh, when they draw that card, I've never even seen a mythic card. Uh, so that that was one thing. Like there is no avenue to get it other than just playing the game and finding world drops and picking up um, cards that way. The other thing on it was not a, a real gaudy uh, equipment system. Uh, I think it was head, uh, gloves, chest, a couple of rings, and boots was all it was. Um, and those varied between common up to legendary and they would they had the ability to like drops throughout the game also let you level those things up but say you got bracers of strength and you go around and you're playing you're playing you're playing another bracers of strength drop well you pick them up and they go into the thing so now you've got two of them and with a little crafting materials you take those two and that's how you level up the gear so you need the gear to drop kind of again and again and again and that's how they deal with some of that as well as it goes oh well it just goes into the crafting material now you can upgrade this piece so if you have a, a mythic quality piece you'd have to get it to drop several times for you to be able to really upgrade it to that point but uh the the equipment that i had like my helmet i got a mythic quality helmet that's my nicest piece in the game and when i use a certain ability it has a chance to spawn eight one one skeleton things and it's the helm of like uh joss voon or something like that which is a guy that you fight on banalia which i thought was kind of uh i don't know it was fun going to the lore the tutorial is about two hours uh and you don't really know you're playing the tutorial you're just playing part of the story but you don't actually get to like swap out cards and make two color decks or anything like that but you hop into zendikar you're doing quests with nissa uh, and and some of the merfolk trying to figure out who's going around trying to corrupt the what are the herodron or not herodron hedron cubes uh and then after that it kind of opens up a little bit i went and did the quest line for gavany uh and did some you know you you run into vampires and you run into the werewolves uh moved over oh. to banalia dealing with the angels uh so each area is pretty you know it's nice seeing some of the faces um i i think the planeswalker that helps you at the start is the uh i can't remember his name but he's the red blue wizard from he's the is it planeswalker uh deck Faden. okay yes so yeah, he, you know, so you, you see some of these names. Uh, I know that doing like enough dailies with uh, Banalia area and Dominaria, uh, you get a creature card that you summon in to add to your deck, and it's a Banalish Marshal. And it says all creatures that you control while this creature is active get plus one, plus one. So it works along the lines, the, the same style of the game. Um, but, you know, you've got to, uh, you've got to play the game. Uh, 
to get stuff. There is a cap on how much like gold you can have in a day. Uh, there's a cap on how much like mana cards you could get in a week. So they've really staggered that. So kind of like, wow, you know, where it's like you can only get one mythic loot drop a week per boss or whatever. If you don't get it, you don't get it. So it really slowed that part of the game down. And then the, the pay to not win side of it, the pay to strangeness is, is like the crafting material. Say I haven't gotten, uh, any pieces to upgrade my spell well i can go on the market and spend three dollars and get enough pieces to level it up to a rank six or whatever uh, and then there's also packs in the game and so right now there's a uh, monocolor classes for each like beast warden for green geomancer for red uh, in the future they're going to add multicolor classes well what they did at opening was is there's the demir assassin which is a blue black card and he's really strong and the only way to get him was to buy these packs and it was like a one in 250 chance and these packs are three bucks a pop and so there's just there was originally no way to get the class unless you just gambled and so uh you know it really was a big turnoff for a lot of people a lot of people just didn't care about it because of this the idea about it there's no there is pvp but it's more like dual systems and it's not a big part of the game it's not an open world pvp game so really uh, you know I don't know. It's kind of like if I paid to have all ancient level items in Diablo three, who really cares? Right. I mean, unless you're like, you know, living and breathing like leaderboards, which there aren't leaderboards. Like I'm never going to see that you spent $50 on your character unless we joined in a group and you would just kill stuff faster and I'd get loot faster. So I didn't, I don't know why, you know, I don't know where the pay to win stuff comes with that there, but anyway, long story short, fun game, free to play. I spent $10 on a battle pass to see what that was about. Um, and then I bought three packs to see what that was about. So I got 20 bucks into the game and I don't know. It, it was, it was okay. Uh, really fun to play. The combat was fun to play. I was able to pick up my controller as well and just zip through that style as well. So that they worked really well on the PC and controller as far as controls. I didn't have any issues with it. I just don't know what the longevity of it is. Um, I found myself having a harder and harder time to log in. I think my uh, red mage is 28, 29 out of the level cap of 30 for it before then you just basically farm to unlock the other classes. But I don't, after that, it's kind of, I don't know, you crank up the difficulty and if you want to push, you can. But I just, I don't know, I didn't get very excited about that stuff. The combat was just fun for me. So, well, cool. Um, it's not something I've checked out yet, but I've, been so busy that i haven't checked out any games so that's fine um that yeah it really does so i want to stick with the magic theme here and then we'll kind of circle back to D because we do have some other watsi news that is magic related and nolan thank you for recapping that for us uh i know there are some people who are interested in that game um wizards of the coast recently announced the suspension of magic artist jason felix for plagiarism which really kind of surprised me. Now, I've seen wizards separate their agreement with artists for racist or other sexist or other um, hatred related stuff. This is the, I think, at least in my knowledge, I'm sure it's probably not the first time, but at least in my knowledge, it's the first time I've seen a magic artist get suspended for plagiarism. Uh, Felix is the artist of the, uh, for the alternate art version of the card Crux of Fate, soon to be released in the upcoming Strixhaven uh, set. It would appear, now I, I'm just going to say appear, although I'm pretty sure it's correct. It would appear uh, the art for Nicol Bolas in that card is from a different artist. Um, so it looks like 
the art of this notorious magic villain was directly copied from fan art done by uh, artist Kit LaPena. LaPena had the art of Nicol Bolas posted to her Deviant Art site in 2016. She learned of the plagiarism um, while reading comments on her Deviant Art site. Now, I've looked at both of the images. I don't see, I mean, if Felix is arguing with this, he has no leg to stand on. It is pretty damn obvious that this was a direct copy of that art. And I understand that sometimes artists copy each other, but usually it's like copying style, not directly copying the image, uh, which I think is a shame. Um, like I said, I, I think the art is pretty obvious. I think it's a very obvious copying. Um, I'm not going to say yes, he did it for sure, because again, I don't know 100% facts. I think it's pretty obvious that he did, but I again don't have the, all the facts um watsi did issue a statement and uh, read the statement here it says it has come to our attention that the card crux of fate from the Strixhaven school of mages mystical archive may overtly feature magic the gathering fan art and the contracted artist did not receive permission for this incorporation these actions do not reflect the values of wizards and as a result we will be suspending future work with jason felix until we have been able to bring this matter to successful conclusion what are your thoughts on that one? I mean, I guess, I don't know. I guess it's disappointing. I mean, they look, they do look similar, so. Yeah, they look really similar. One might say pretty much exact copy of Nicol Bolas. Uh, I don't know. I mean, what, he doesn't have full armor on one. Uh, the ion stone is different between the horns. I mean, really, the breastplate is very similar, but like you said, the art style is very similar, and I think that's the, right. the trigger on it. So I yeah. could see being inspired by that, like the softness of it and doing it, but yeah, even the mouth being open the way it is and, and stuff like that, there's a lot of similarities. But and, and I think that is unfortunate. I do have a link in the uh, in the show notes for you guys to check out the artwork so you can judge for yourself. We are not going to sit here and say that Felix did it. I do think it looks like he did, uh, but again, we're not judge, jury, and executioner here. We're just reporting the news. Uh, so that is my opinion on that one. And <laughs> I guess enough said about that. But I do want to circle back to D&D &D because there was, uh, although not necessarily like gaming, like book related, there was something that was released that is, well, at least previewed that is pretty cool because Wizards of the Coast did announce a new Tiamat model in conjunction with WizKids. Now, we all know WizKids has put out some amazing models. I would love to own the Beholder model, but I'm not going to pay the eight dollars $900 for it. Nolan, have you seen the images of this thing? The thing is huge. Holy shit, is it big? <laughs> it's got a 28-inch wingspan. My goodness. 16.8 yeah, by 28.9. Yeah, and it's 14.6 inches tall. I mean, wow. You imagine that thing? Like if that were to just like, if somebody were to say, okay, you know, you, you come into this cave and this is what you see. And they drop that model on the board. I think I just dropped my dice and walk the fuck away. Yeah. Geez. So it's 14.6 inches tall, 16.8 inches long with a 28 inch wingspan. Oh my God. <laughs> the model will be on a clear circular base and will be available for sale in late September. And like all the amazingly large models that WizKids does, this one carries a hefty price tag of $399.99. Just tell me $400. Stop fucking with me. You can read the full release here. Um, <laughs> Nolan, do you see a Tiamat figure in your future? Not at all. 
<laughs> no, not at all. Not in my personal collection, nor do I want to see it on the board. Well, I might want to see it on the board, but not if I'm playing. <laughs> yeah, I, I, another one of those. Uh, I think the uh, number one comment I saw on looking at it, stuff like that was, uh, uh, if I had fuck you money, I'd buy this. <laughs> So that that, that kind of sum, summed it up, right? I mean, what do you do with it? You know, it's not like, I don't know, you spend $300 on like an undead campaign and you get a bunch of models, you know, like at least you're going to use it here. It's like once in a lifetime encounter. Otherwise it's on the shelf if you ever, right. you know, if you were ever going to do it. So, you know, it, I, I think about like, cause we've seen conversations before where like the Beatles and Grimm stuff that comes out, right? It's cool stuff. It looks neat. But it's got such a heavy price tag that it's not something that I am going to rush out and buy. Now, I know they have released less expensive items that still carries a price tag that is just, you know, for your average gamer. Unless, you know what, maybe I should back up because we've always said I'm the old man of the group. And maybe gamers are different than that they were when I was growing up. You know, maybe we don't sit in our mom and dad's basements anymore because we can't afford our own place. And maybe we don't just hang out there and ever. Well, I know I wasn't always the smelly. Well, I was never the smelly one. But, you know, I feel like I mean, has game have gamers changed that much, Nolan? Am I just that out of touch? I doubt it. I think we live in, uh, I was going to say, I think they probably live with their parents for different reasons, but it's usually like college debt and stuff like that. So Sure. And it just strikes me this, I mean, who, I mean, here's, here's the thing, right? If it didn't work, they would have quit doing it a long time ago. And just looking right. through their site, it's like, Oh, legendary edition of Curse of Strahd. Sorry, we're sold out. Uh, you know, eh. <laughs> so it, it, it must move. I mean it, that that must be the thing. And again, it might be one of those things of one of these days, if we if it's a campaign we really like, we sit down and we check it out and see if it's all it's cracked up to be. We right. The big thing I look at there as far as that goes is uh, what is the is it Dungeon Forge, Hero Forge? What's the tile makers right that have the most amazing things that if I had a lot of throwaway money, um, uh -oh. that would be a really addictive. I hit my freaking Windows button instead of the talk button. Dwarven Forge. Dwarven Forge is the yes. company. Yeah. Like I, I I think of the areas of like there I think there's some good value in building a lot of stuff. And and those are probably the areas that I would attack uh, versus like a four hundred dollar one time miniature. I would do four hundred dollars worth of dungeon tiles or you know, along that lines. So again, they clearly sell out. Apparently the market is there for it. And again, you know, maybe people are doing it as a table. You know, you got five people playing, you know. Everybody throws in a little bit of money. It's it's probably the cost of going to the movies. So, so I think, and and I, you know that came up before um, in our group where we talked about you know do we purchase go all in on a Beatles and Grimm set and and then play it like Dragon Heist or something like that. I can't remember which exactly which one it was. And I remember my my thought process was is okay. So after we finish playing, you know everybody's invested eighty ninety hundred dollars because some of those Dragon Heist or some of those uh, Beatles and Grimm sets are like five six hundred bucks. What, what happens when it's over? What happens when it's done? Are we going to take turns sharing custody of the item? Uh, does it stay with your DM? Does it stay with the person who ordered it? I mean, where do you go from there? And that's that's kind of my issue. Like right. with and, and I get it. There's some groups who are all in on, you know, table sharing the the, the cost of the stuff. Um, there's I just. I have I, I have issue with it, and it's just obviously it's a personal thing, so. <laughs> I see. Yep. Understood. Now, like the Curse of Strahd revamped, 
considerably less price tag than this. Uh, we did, you did pick it up and we are super excited. I know you and I've talked quite a bit about being very selective about the people that we're going to be including in that game. So that is something that I know we have on the horizon that we want to get involved in. Uh, I really think we should be, well, depending on when Tolos comes in, uh, we should be looking at Curse of Strahd for this fall. I'd love to start it around Halloween. Yeah. And I think it's just, again, one of those things of, <laughs> It just depends on how long you're going to be there for value, right? right? I mean, if you if we were going to sit down and you're going to spend five hundred dollars on a campaign and it turns into you know campaign one season critical role and you're doing it for two and a half years, I think you got your money's worth. But if you're the type of person that you know we rarely finish a book, let alone do a campaign, you know, so I can understand the value not being there because life happens, stuff falls apart, seasons change, COVID hits, you know, like you don't get through it, so. Right. So I think it just depends on your table. If you got a group of people who are saying, we're going to play this to the finish and it's not about the finish. We really want to just be in Strahd for the next two years. Then yeah, throw the money down. Sure. No, I, yeah, absolutely. Um, so anyway, I wanted to share that there is a picture, there is a link to the art or of the picture of this model. It is a pretty impressive looking model. WizKids has really, I tell you, you know, I remember WizKids when they were just putting out some models before years and years ago, and they were just okay. Like some of their hero clicks and stuff, the older, older stuff that you looked at it and you're just like, yeah, it's all right. They've really stepped up their game in the last five years and they're putting out some quality models. Uh, I, so yeah there you go 400 bucks you can have a team at all to yourself yeah it's really impressive it really i mean i totally agree with you it looks fucking fantastic oh man so let's jump over to onyx path because they had some pretty big news this week and i thought this was pretty exciting for them um although it might be exciting for everybody so onyx path recently announced that the popular scion tabletop rpg will be coming to the screen according to a press release from Onyx Path. So uh, the press release reads, Jenkins and Tate Entertainment announced development deal for a live-action TV series based on the Scion role-playing game by Onyx Path Publishing. Rich Thomas, founder and creative director of Onyx Path Publishing, in, conjunctions with Jenkins, in conjunction with Jenkins and Tate Entertainment, announced a new partnership today. Jenkins and Tate Entertainment will be developing a live-action TV series based on the Scion role-playing game by Onyx Path. We are truly excited to be developing this adventure series for television in collaboration with Onyx Path, said Brian Jenkins. We are looking forward to working closely with them in order to bring the world of Scion to life. Scion is a game about gods and humanity and everything in between. It is a game about mythic deeds and the reasons people talk about those mythic deeds. Its first edition was published in 2007, and it quickly gained an enthusiastic following, winning any awards game or any's Game of the Year award. Now available in a new edition using the Onyx Path Story Path system, Scion Second Edition offers a modern mythical setting to tell heroic tales. You know, you and I've talked about this game quite a bit, and it seems like it always in some way comes up. And we've both stated that we are not players of this game. Um, I'm kind of excited about this. Oh, absolutely. I enjoy the uh, I enjoy the idea behind it. I think, uh, and I think just the popularity of seeing some of the demigod type stuff out there, people have really enjoyed. I, I think of like the Percy Jackson type stuff. Um, I know those were big for a lot of people growing up. And so having another avenue dealing with that. Uh, also, you know, look at some of the popularity of other things that have dealt with this kind of stuff. I think of Lucifer, uh, just kind of that weird supernatural and the real world style show that people can't get enough of. Uh, so, yeah, I, I think it's going to be great. 
I, I like the idea behind it. And I want to, I think that's the big thing for me is, you know, kind of before you hop in on a game or whatever, or really get an idea before it, it's like seeing how it's air quotes supposed to be done kind of interpretation or, or the potential. I mean, get some lightning incarnate of some Zeus deity, you know, deciding to blow up New York or something crazy, you know, like, yeah, the destruction on a, a major scale looks pretty cool to me. So it, it really does. And, 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 you know, and honestly, I like the fact that we are able to we're living in a time period where, you know, tabletop role playing games are really they're re obviously Critical Role really pushed Dungeons and Dragons, but we're seeing other games really come to fruition. And we know that comic books are incredibly popular with uh, movies and TV series. The Marvel Cinematic Universe is incredible. I mean, I know the Falcon and Winter Soldier is out, and I guess the show is fantastic. I haven't watched any of it yet. and I haven't watched WandaVision yet either. I need to get to it. Um, so I think there is absolutely a market for this kind of stuff. And and I think by expanding into television, this is I, I hope that this works out. Uh, obviously, they haven't. There's no there's no updates about it. There's nothing that they have said about it. I know they have launched a, a website for it. I think it's SionTV.com. Um, they are trying to write the script for the pilot. So it is very much at the beginning of the process. So this is probably years in the future. It's not going to be something that happens over the next year and a half or so. But I do think it's going to be really cool. And I know what wasn't there a superhero television show? I, I can't remember, like Heroes or something like that. Or supernatural or something like that yeah it tells you how bad i am both of those are shows. oh well there you go <laughs> um so i do think the popularity is there because i know those shows were incredibly popular so i i do think the the desire is there and if it can draw people into games i'm okay with it yeah uh, again if it gets us excited about it, it gives us a chance to play a game i i'm excited for it too i know and i think that's the big thing too looking at a lot of things coming out uh you know i've i've dabbled in dota in the past um just enough to know that you know i'm terrible at the game and netflix put out a dota anime and i sat down and watched all of it and in just a binge watch you know type situation so i think sure. those that th those cross-platform things were like i really like the lore and the story it may not be the game for me but i want to see more of that i want to see i want to live more in the world so i i i hope it's good i mean it's scary because there's so many avenues of what it could be you know i think of like if it's cw type stuff or if it goes to like you know to netflix you know there's gonna be a completely different level of what to expect so um, I'll, I'll look forward to more information so, so will i um you know and i think about things like altered carbon going from a television show or from a book to a television show to an rpg and we both said the rpg looks fantastic i think about things like dnd &D going into the big screen um and we know that there's a dnd &D television series coming out you know in the near future uh of course there's the lord of the rings similarly style um television show coming out so i'm i'm excited that means you know i hope they're all in streaming services because i don't have cable uh that i it, just more cool interesting fun shows to watch and it would be neat to you know watch the scion show and and be intrigued enough to say you know what nolan let's give this game a shot yeah i i think uh I think that's the big thing is again sometimes that cross-platform stuff works positive and negative so it, i i i imagine again you wouldn't sign up for it if you didn't have confidence and that was going to do well so right and i know the game is incredibly popular we do actually own the rule books we do have the pdfs of them uh we've just never taken the time to take a look at them and that's mostly because time time 
time, 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 time. Every time we talk about this, we always say we need more time to play more games. Yeah. Yep. Play faster. That's, right? Yeah. According to our yeah, <laughs> play faster. Oh, that was terrible. Anyway, <laughs> in other Audix Paths news, I did get an email this week saying now is the time to lock in your shipping. I shouldn't say now is the time. It is now the final chance for you to lock in your shipping address for Cults of the Blood Gods as it is ready to ship. This really made my day because this one has been delayed in shipping because of COVID. So it's nice to see that this is actually coming to fruition. And also backers of Cults of the Blood Gods should have also received an email from Onyx Path saying that the digital download of the supplement Children of the Blood, uh, this was a stretch goal unlocked during the Cults campaign, was ready for download. I did download it. I haven't taken a look at it. Now, I want to say if this is like if you just this was like your first time backing a, a V5 game from Onyx Path, uh, going back to like the Chicago by night um, uh, Kickstarter and the products that came out of that. Um, totally worth it. Uh, Onyx Path does a great job with these books and the the Chicago folios. And I, for some reason, am drawing a blank on the other one. Um, they are quality books. They do a fantastic job with these. I have not looked at the Children of Blood yet, but I guarantee you it's going to be a very dark, deep, you know, fantastic book for vampires. So I am excited to flip through that. Uh, I will be ordering that one when it comes to print on demand because um, it's just cool. Uh, also releasing for this week for Onyx Path, uh, there was some stuff for Scarred Lands. This include um, the Yugman's Guide to Gelspad uh, magical items, as well as the spell cards for Yugman's Guide to Gel Gelspad. I think the magical items was like A through J or something like that. So it was just a it's just a small summary of the magical items that were released in the Yugman's Guide to Gelspad supplement. Um, so if you want a quick reference guide, that is a great PDF to go and pick up and, and look through. And then there was also a PDF relief released for they came from beneath the sea uh, called they came from outer space which adds new archetypes and tropes for your they came from beneath the sea uh, game i'd imagine i wonder though if these they came from um, releases that they've done will carry over to they came from beyond the grave as well if there will be some interaction between the two i, I bet you there is so yeah that'd be cool yeah, it'd be very cool. That's that's another game that I think we need to set up a one shot for just so we can just get an experience playing it. Because, I mean, we've both talked about it. We both think it sounds hilarious to play. Um, and, I, and I think there is a quick start out for it. If so, I need to grab that and just grab four of us, especially. I mean, we're getting so close to the point where we can play in person again. Um, and I know you and I've talked about this. We are excited. I think at this point, what you got yours on Wednesday, right? Your second vaccine. Yep. And I think Zach was this week as well, or maybe it's next week. So we're like two to three weeks out from being able to play in person without masks um, and, and just be able to enjoy each other's company again, which I'm so fucking thrilled about. It's time. So, it is. It absolutely is. Um, all right. So that is everything from Onyx Path. I'm sure there's probably more. I know they have a Kickstarter going right now. I did not grab the information for it. It is a Trinity Kickstarter. I guarantee you it's funded. It seems like everything Onyx Path puts out gets funded rather quickly and does well. Um, I just didn't grab it for today's show. I did want to jump to Modifius real quick. And uh, this has got to be exciting news for fans of the game the video game fallout modifius has announced that pre-orders are live for the new fallout tabletop rpg talking about shows coming to rpgs or show or rpgs going to shows now we have obviously video games coming to rpgs and you and i've talked about video games going to rpgs before um i've never played fallout i know you're a big fan of it i know my son's a big fan of it uh nolan tell me why i should be excited about this 
Well, I, I think it's the, the time period of it, of the, okay. So the idea behind it is, is right. We, we get to a strange kind of start of the revolutionary, like a, a civil war type era, little more high tech. So we're kind of pushing into the very early generation of steampunk. Um, we're robots, our assistants, uh, we're starting to dabble into like some laser style plasma rifles, um, you know, just kind of very early, not the, the super high end cyberpunk it, this is like ground zero. So the time period is, you know, 60s, 70s, at least in fallout four, it was just bring in robots, right? Bring in, uh, you know, hold, hold on, hold on, hold on. 1960s or the 2060s? The, the, I, for, as far as the thing is like, uh, people still wear like the balder hats, people still wear the suits to work, like the big caddy Lincoln cars just amped up to okay cy cyberpunk style. So that's, that's the feel of the time period, right? The mom and pop mom stays home, bakes the cookies, right? It, you, you see the old school style, uh, uh, you know, that that's the, the leave it to beaver time frame, right? That that's the era bring in some robots, bring in some of that kind of stuff where we're, we're on the verge of a technological boom. Nuclear Holocaust happens. And so everybody goes into these fallout bunkers. So we're still dealing with very much the, that, that wartime period, right? That everybody was kind of, you know, you were a day away from getting bombed. There's these fallout shelters. And that's what the idea behind fallout was, was you go into one of these bunkers. The world gets eradicated, blah, blah, blah. Something random happens. Something weird happens. Somebody snags you, drags you out of the vault. Somebody wakes you up out of cryo sleep. And you're on the surface now. And it's been 100 years. It's been 150 years. And it's a wasteland. But people have survived. And and some of the water still poisoned from radiation. And other people have, you know, so like uh, New Vegas, you know, it's, it's a hub. It's still there. There's gambling. But then there's weird rad rat creatures and monsters and, and all this kind of stuff. So you, it's, it's very, I don't know. It's very super early to me, like a kind of that cyberpunk origin story type situation. So, uh, I don't know, bring in the war stuff, bring in that, you know, the world war two type mentality, bring in, leave it to beaver. So you'll, you'll cruise down a eradicated area or whatever. And, and, and in the town, you will see kind of the, the white picket fence remnants and, and, and the perfect house and the, and the beautiful, you know, gosh, I feel like the refrigerators were always almost like the streamlined, you know, submarine style type shit. You know, that's the, that's the time period for it. So I, I think, uh, <laughs> it's, it's a cool game. It's, it's, it'll be it should be a fun survival game uh usually you're kind of on your own trying to deal with you know these roman marauders you know mad max meets you know post-apocalyptic style game so cool um yeah so i i'd imagine this is going to be pretty popular rpg i'd imagine you know this is going to be you know those where you can sit down um because that is is fallout uh, a single player game they, for the most part in this generation, the RPG has, uh, they did do a like Fallout 76. that was a, a massive multiplayer style game. And okay. I don't know how that ever went. It, I it just was never something I was interested in. Gotcha. Um, so this will be fun to be able to grab your friends of or your friends who are fans of Fallout and sit down together and actually share in that experience. Um, it looks like the game will be using Modifius's 2D20 system. Now, I think 
I don't know if this is like Modifius's signature system, um, but I know it is very popular within their games. I know it's used for Star Trek Adventures. It's used for uh, Conan. It's used for Octon Cthulhu and, and many more. Uh, the core rule book is clocking in at right around 400 pages, and it's going to cost uh, about $53. Everything is in Great British Pounds right now. Um, it looks like they're expecting it to ship this summer. There are some bundles available, but they will have limited print run of these bundles, and they are quite a bit more expensive. You're going to talk, you know, two to $250 for the bundles. Um, and I'm not sure exactly what, what, um, what those will entail. I, I know there, I, I didn't get a chance to thoroughly look those over. I just saw this. And I thought, man, this is something we need to talk about. So there is a link in the show notes. If you want to head over to Modifius and check it out. Uh, I'd imagine this is going to be a fairly popular game. It's kind of like what they did with Dishonored. I'd imagine you know, there's definitely a, a, a group of people who are fairly excited about this. So. So that is all the news that I found. I did want to check in with you, though, because I got to I'd imagine we got to be getting close. Have we heard anything about Tallis yet? Have not. Oh, that's frustrating. I'm expecting just to get a thing that's saying, hey, it's shipped. Just probably the next. Yeah, that's probably what you're going to get. And I know like uh, <laughs> I've gotten stuff from Onyx Path where it's like, hey, it's shipped. And then like it was like the day after it arrived. Yeah. And that was kind of the last update I got is it was there going to printer, getting ready to go. Expected in April. Awesome. That means you should be seeing it fairly soon, um, which is cool because I think what we're going to do, uh, and we've kind of talked about this, we have a Tuesday night group, and I think we're going to play through the Spirit Ghost campaign for Scarredlands and see how that goes, see where we're at with timing-wise on Tolis. Now, the nice thing about Tolis is that it does use, in this case for us, the 5e system. Not that we're not, We didn't get the Cypher system. Um, and then we may look at you know taking that group and, and dropping them into Tolis and see how that goes. So it's it's something you and I need to talk about and figure out what we want to do. But uh, I think it'll be fun either way. I sent you some pictures of uh, in the podcast yet, just so you can kind of see some of the art from the Fallout series. Yeah, I I'm looking forward to tell us a lot. Actually, I'm I'm ready to uh, not necessarily. Yeah, I'm ready to see a new world that I don't know anything like seeing some monsters pop up, but it. It seems, I don't know, I feel like I watch a lot of anime uh, still to this day that deals with that kind of stuff too. Like there's a big tower in the middle, everybody lives in town and adventures and it, it it sounds like it could very easily be an MMO or like a Sword Art Online type situation where you're here and here's this tower and test your strength, you know, bring back the goods. That's what everybody does in this town. Let's see how far you can get. Maybe you're the one that gets to the top. Right, right. And I, I think it's I think it's going to be cool. I'm I'm really excited about it. Um, <laughs> of course, Sean got us really excited about it when he was on the show talking about it. Uh, and if you haven't listened to that episode, you absolutely should. If you want to know what Tolis is and what it's all about, you should go check that out because it's it's going to be neat. And I know if you go to monicookgames.com, you can still order the book. I don't know. I don't think they're still doing pre-orders for it. Uh, they could be. I haven't checked the website in a while. Uh, so yeah, I, I'm looking forward to it. But you know, we've we've got a few games now that we've coming in that that it's going to be one of those where we we have to extend the days to 27 hours instead of 24 just so we can squeeze in more time. Yeah, we could probably not buy a game the rest of the year and be set, so probably. You're probably absolutely right. I know we want to look at Candlekeep Mysteries and I know we would like to try to work in some of that stuff. Um yeah, I I dude, there's so much that we could do right now. 
and I look at yeah. I look at my Kickstarter list and all the things that I have coming in from Onyx Path and some of the independent companies or not companies, but publishing groups that we've purchased uh, from people that we've had on the show. Uh, stuff that I've got coming in for cult and other sting things. Uh, of course, Lord of the Rings is supposed to be out this fall uh, with the PDFs coming this summer. So, and I know that's, that's going to be another one that's probably going to grab you and I pretty hard and, and force us, you know, it's just going to grab us by the face and make us read the book. Yeah. I'm looking forward to just coming through the pages and seeing it. Me too. Me too. Um, that is all the news that I have for this week. Uh, am I missing something? Is there something that you saw that I didn't that we need to talk about? I didn't. Uh, it was kind of where I got to as well. Uh, like I said, a lot of my stuff was just getting ready for the new season of Diablo and playing some magic. And yeah, that's about it. It's I guess it's Easter. We can go be with our family and hide some eggs. Yeah, I don't have to worry about that anymore. So <laughs> <laughs> must be <not. laughs> no kidding. Um, yeah, that was I don't know. It's whatever. Happy Easter if you celebrated. Uh, it's not something I really worry about, but that's OK. <laughs> well, that is it for this week, folks. Thank you so much for listening. Um, we will be back next week with a new show and a different topic. We'll have to figure out what we're going to talk about. <laughs> As I say, I was on Reddit the other day. And as I am most days, but I was looking through the D&D stuff. And one of the questions that was asked to the group was, uh, what class subclass at this point in the game do you feel is missing from character creation in 5e? And so it was this big, long post and it got me thinking about that stuff. And, and, and then the, the caveat was, is without multi-classing, can you do these builds? And so... One of the things I was like, well, that would be a fun topic for a week to try and come up with some stuff that's maybe missing and maybe not thinking about. One of the cool things on it, and it was one of the ones that I'd never really thought of, and I'll leave it with the parting thought was, is every sorcerer pact and every, or every sorcerer uh, origin and every pact warlock should be interchangeable. If it's if dragon blood is strong enough to make sorcerers, they should be able to make packs with warlocks. And I want to be a packed dragon warlock. Or, you know, we, we can see the the shadow stuff. Um, a great old one sorcerer where your blood is that of the old gods. Uh, so anyway, I thought that was kind of an interesting thing of I, I I know that they synergize really well from a player standpoint because they both use charisma and they're both are casters. Um but just from an origin story style situation, you could replace both of those super easy and have a lot of fun with it, though. Well, how about this? So I think that'll be our topic for next week. And I would like to, as long as you're OK with it, grab our friend Zach Smiley, because you and him, I know, bounce inf you know topics like this off each other all the time. Let's see if he wants to come on the show and he can nerd out with us for a while on it as well. That'd be cool. Cool. I'll reach out to Zach and see what he says. Well, that is going to be our show for this week, folks. Thank you so much for listening. We will see you next week. Bye. Bye.